This is day 23 of our daily Bible reading. We will be going through Leviticus chapters 21 through 25. Lord Heavenly Father, please purify our hearts today. Please give us your word that we need so desperately in these dark times that you would give us peace that is beyond all understanding and that we could just meet you here today and know you better. Thank you for your son, and please allow the Spirit to teach us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, No one shall defile himself for a dead person among his people, except for his relatives who are nearest to him, his mother and his father, and his son, and his daughter, and his brother, also for his virgin sister, who is near to him, because she has had no husband. For her he may defile himself. He shall not defile himself as a relative by marriage among his people, and so profane himself. They shall not make any baldness on their heads, nor shave off the edge of their beards, nor make any cuts in their flesh. He shall be holy to their God, and not profane the name of their God. For they present the offerings by fire to the Lord, the food of their God, so they shall be holy. They shall not take a woman who is profaned by harlotry, nor shall they take a woman divorced from her husband, for he is holy to his God. You shall consecrate him, therefore, for he offers the food of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord, who sanctifies you, am holy. Also, the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by harlotry, she profanes her father. She shall be burned with fire. The priest who is the highest among his brothers, on whose head the anointing oil has been poured, and who has been consecrated to wear the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor tear his clothes, nor shall he approach any dead person, nor defile himself even for his father or his mother, nor shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God, for the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. He shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow, or a divorced woman, or one who is profaned by harlotry, these he may not take, but rather he is to marry a virgin of his own people, so that he will not profane his offspring among his people. For I am the Lord who sanctifies him. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, No man of your offspring throughout your generations who has a defect shall approach to offer the food of his God. For no one who has a defect shall approach, a blind man, or a lame man, or he who has a disfigured face, or any deformed limb, or a man who has a broken foot or broken hand, or a hunchback, or a dwarf, or one who has a defect in his eye, or eczema, or scabs, or crushed testicles. 
No man among the descendants of Aaron the priest who has a defect is to come near to offer the Lord's offering by fire, since he has a defect. He shall not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy, only he shall not go in to the veil or come near the altar because he has a defect, so that he will not profane my sanctuaries, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as to not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, If any man among all your descendants throughout your generations approaches the holy gifts which the sons of Israel dedicate to the Lord, while he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. No man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leper or who has a discharge, may eat of the holy gifts until he is clean. And if one touches anything made unclean by a corpse, or if a man has a seminal emission, or if a man touches any teeming things by which he is made unclean, or any man by whom he is made unclean, whatever his uncleanness, a person who touches any such shall be unclean until evening, and shall not eat of the holy gifts until he has bathed his body in water. But when the sun sets, he shall be clean, and afterward he shall eat of the holy gifts for it is his food. He shall not eat an animal which dies or is torn by beasts, becoming unclean by it. I am the Lord. They shall therefore keep my charge, so that they will not bear sin because of it, and die thereby because they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. No layman, however, is to eat the holy gift, a sojourner with the priest, or a hired man, shall not eat of the holy gift. But if a priest buys a slave as his property with his money, one may eat of it, and those who are born in his house may eat of his food. If a priest's daughter is married to a layman, she shall not eat of the offerings of the gifts. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or divorced, and has no child, and returns to her father's house as in her youth, she shall eat of her father's food, but no layman shall eat of it. But if a man eats a holy gift unintentionally, then he shall add to it a fifth of it, and shall give the holy gift to the priest. They shall not profane the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offer to the Lord, and so cause them to bear punishment for guilt by eating their holy gifts. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel, and say to them, 
Any man of the house of Israel or of the aliens in Israel who presents his offering, whether it is any of their votive or any of their free will offerings, which they present to the Lord for a burnt offering, for you to be accepted, it must be a male without defect from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. Whatever has a defect you shall not offer, for it will not be accepted for you. When a man offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a special vow, or for the free will offering of the herd or of the flock, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or fractured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make of them an offering by fire on the altar of the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb, which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may present it for a freewill offering, but for a vow it will not be accepted. Also, anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord or sacrifice in your land, nor shall you accept any such from the hand of a foreigner for offering as the food of their God, for their corruption is in them. They have a defect. They shall not be accepted for you. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When an ox or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother. And from the eighth day on, it shall be accepted as a sacrifice of an offering by fire to the Lord. But whether it is an ox or a sheep, you shall not kill both it and its young in one day. When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. The Lord spoke again to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, The Lord's appointed times, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, my appointed times are these. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the appointed times of the Lord, holy convocations which you shall proclaim at the times appointed for them. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, is the Lord's Passover. Then on the fifteenth day of the same month, there is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to the Lord. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, 
you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work. But for seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and say to them, When you enter the land which I am going to give to you, and reap its harvest, then you shall bring in the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord for you to be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now on the day when you wave the sheaf, you shall offer a male lamb, one year old, without defect, for a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall then be two-tenths of an ephah, a fine flour mixed with oil, an offering by fire to the Lord for a soothing aroma, with the drink offering, a fourth of a hin of wine. Until this same day, until you have brought in the offering of your God, you shall eat neither bread nor roasted grain nor new growth. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. You shall also count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day when you bring in the sheaf of the wave offering, there shall be seven complete Sabbaths. You shall count fifty days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall present a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring in from your dwelling places two loaves of bread for a wave offering made of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of a fine flour, baked with leaven, as first fruits to the Lord. Along with the bread, you shall present seven one-year-old male lambs without defect, and a bull of the herd and two rams, they are to be a burnt offering to the Lord, with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. You shall also offer one male goat for a sin offering, and two male lambs, one year old, for a sacrifice of peace offerings. The priest shall then wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering, with two lambs before the Lord. They are to be holy to the Lord for the priest. On this same day you shall make a proclamation as well. You are to have a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work. It is to be a perpetual statute in all your dwelling places throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, moreover, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor gather the gleaning of your harvest. You are to leave them for the needy and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first of the month, you shall have a rest. A reminder by blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. 
you shall not do any laborious work, but you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On exactly the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. You shall not do any work on this same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. If there is any person who will not humble himself on this same day, he shall be cut off from his people. As for any person who does any work on this same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no work at all. It is to be a perpetual statute throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. It is to be a Sabbath of complete rest to you. And you shall humble your souls on the ninth of the month at evening. From evening until evening you shall keep your Sabbath. Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel saying, On the fifteenth of this seventh month is the Feast of Booths, for seven days to the Lord. On the first day is a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work of any kind. For seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation and present an offering by fire to the Lord. It is an assembly. You shall do no laborious work. These are the appointed times of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, to present offerings by fire to the Lord, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings, each day's matter on its own day. Beside those of the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides your gifts, and besides all your votive and free will offerings which you give to the Lord. On exactly the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the crops of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord for seven days, with a rest on the first day and a rest on the eighth day. Now on the first day you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches, and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall thus celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall live in booths, for seven days. All the native born in Israel shall live in booths, so that your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the sons of Israel the appointed times of the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel 
that they bring to you clear oil from beaten olives for the light, to make a lamp burn continually. Outside the veil of testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall keep it in order from evening to morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a perpetual statute throughout your generations. He shall keep the lamps in order on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. Then you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes with it. Two-tenths of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six to a row, on the pure gold table before the Lord. You shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be a memorial portion for the bread, even an offering by fire to the Lord. Every Sabbath day he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. It is an everlasting covenant for the sons of Israel. It shall be for Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him from the Lord's offerings by fire, his portion forever. Now the son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the sons of Israel. And the Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel struggled with each other in the camp. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name and cursed. So they brought him to Moses. Now his mother's name was Shelemith, the daughter of Dibri, of the tribe of Dan. They put him in custody, so that the command of the Lord might be clear to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring the one who has cursed outside the camp, and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head. Then let all the congregation stone him. You shall speak to the sons of Israel, saying, If anyone curses his God, then he will bear his sin. Moreover, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him the alien as well as the native, whenever he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. If a man takes the life of any human being, he shall surely be put to death. The one who takes the life of an animal shall make it good, life for life. If a man injures his neighbor just as he has done, so shall it be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Just as he has injured a man, so it shall be inflicted on him. Thus the one who kills an animal shall make it good. But the one who kills a man shall be put to death. There shall be one standard for you. It shall be for the stranger as well as the native. For I am the Lord your God. Then Moses spoke to the sons of Israel, and they brought the one who had cursed outside the camp and stoned him with stones. Thus the sons of Israel did, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord then spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai, saying, 
Speak to the sons of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land which I shall give you, then the land shall have a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall plow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its crop. But during the seventh year the land shall have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Your harvests after growth you shall not reap, and your grapes of untrimmed vines you shall not gather. The land shall have a sabbatical year. All of you shall have the Sabbath products of the land for food, yourself, and your male and female slaves, and your hired man, and your foreign resident, those who live as aliens with you. Even your cattle and the animals that are in your land shall have all its crops to eat. You are also to count off seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, so that you have the time of the seven Sabbaths of years, namely forty-nine years. You shall then sound a ram's horn abroad on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement you shall sound a horn all through your land. You shall thus consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim a release through the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his own property, and each of you shall return to his family. You shall have the fiftieth year as a jubilee. You shall not sow, nor reap its aftergrowth, nor gather in from its untrimmed vines. For it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its crops out of the field. On this year of jubilee, each of you shall return to his own property. If you make a sale, moreover, to your friend or buy from your friend's hand, you shall not wrong one another. Corresponding to the number of years after the Jubilee, you shall buy from your friend. He is to sell to you according to the number of years of crops. In proportion to the extent of the years, you shall increase its price, and in proportion to the fewness of the years, you shall diminish its price, for it is a number of crops he is selling to you. So you shall not wrong one another, for you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. You shall thus observe my statutes and keep my judgments, so as to carry them out, that you may live securely in the land. Then the land will yield its produce, so that you can eat your fill and live securely on it. But if you say, what are we going to eat on the seventh year if we do not sow or gather in our crops? Then I will so order my blessing for you in the sixth year that it will bring forth the crop for three years. When you are sowing the eighth year, you can still eat old things from the crop, eating the old until the ninth year when its crop comes in. 
The land, moreover, shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. For you are but aliens and sojourners with me. Thus, for every piece of your property, you are to provide for the redemption of the land. If a fellow countryman of yours becomes so poor he has to sell part of his property, then his nearest kinsman is to come and buy back what his relative has sold. Or, in case a man has no kinsman, but so recovers his means as to find sufficient for its redemption, then he shall calculate the years since its sale and refund the balance to the man to whom he has sold it, and so return to his property. But if he has not found sufficient means to get it back for himself, then what he has sold shall remain in the hands of its purchaser until the year Jubilee. But at the Jubilee it shall revert, that he may return to his property. Likewise, if a man sells a dwelling house in a walled city, then his redemption right remains valid until a full year after its sale. His right of redemption lasts a full year. But if it is not bought back for him within the space of a full year, then the house that is in the walled city passes permanently to its purchaser throughout his generations. It does not revert in the Jubilee. The houses of the villages, however, which have no surrounding wall, shall be considered as open fields. They have redemption rights and revert in the Jubilee. As for cities of the Levites, the Levites have a permanent right of redemption for the houses of the cities which are their possession. What therefore belongs to the Levites may be redeemed, and a house sale in the city of this possession reverts in the Jubilee. For the houses of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the sons of Israel. But pasture fields of their cities shall not be sold, for that is their perpetual possession. Now, in case a countryman of yours becomes poor, and his means with regard to you falter, then you are to sustain him, like a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with you. Do not take usurious interest from him, but revere your God, that your countrymen may live with you. You shall not give him your silver at interest, nor your food for gain. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If a countryman of yours becomes so poor with regard to you that he sells himself to you, you shall not subject him to a slave's service. He shall be with you as a hired man, as if he were a sojourner. He shall serve with you until the year of Jubilee. He shall then go out from you, he and his sons with him, and shall go back to his family, that he may return to the property of his forefathers. For they are my servants whom I brought out from the land of Egypt. 
They are not to be sold in a slave sale. You shall not rule over him with severity, but are to revere your God. As for your male and female slaves whom you may have, you may acquire male and female slaves from the pagan nations that are around you. Then, too, it is out of the sons of the sojourners who live as aliens among you that you may gain acquisition, and out of their families who are with you, whom they will have produced in your land, they also may come become your possession. You may even bequeath them to your sons after you to receive as a possession. You can use them as permanent slaves. But in respect to your countrymen, the sons of Israel, you shall not rule with severity over one another. Now if the means of a stranger or of a sojourner with you becomes sufficient, and a countryman of yours becomes so poor with regard to him as to sell himself to a stranger who is sojourning with you, or to the descendants of a stranger's family, then he shall have redemption right after he has been sold. One of his brothers may redeem him. Or his uncle, or his uncle's son, may redeem him. Or one of his blood relatives from his family may redeem him. Or if he prospers, he may redeem himself. He then with his purchaser shall calculate from the year when he sold himself to him up to the year of Jubilee, and the price of his sale shall correspond to the number of years. It is like the days of a hired man that he shall be with him. If there are still many years, he shall refund part of its purchase price in proportion to them for his own redemption. And if few years remain until the year of Jubilee, he shall so calculate with him. In proportion to his years, he is to refund the amount for his redemption. Like a man hired year by year, he shall be with him. He shall not rule over him with severity in your sight. Even if he is not redeemed by those means, he shall still go out in the year of Jubilee he and his sons with him. For the sons of Israel are my servants. They are my servants whom I brought out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Okay, so there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about today since a lot of this happens to be uh, topics we've already dealt with in the book of Leviticus, so I'll keep it pretty short today. But what is God's obsession with not allowing anyone or anything with, uh, with any sort of defect in it to be sacrificed or in his presence? That seems kind of mean, especially from a human perspective. If you have a defect of some kind, you cannot approach the Lord's altar. But again, God is perfection. There is no defect in him. And therefore... Anything that is offered to him should be perfect and blameless and spotless. So while we may struggle with that as a human, that is God's standards, and we need to respect and honor him in those things. So then he gives more information about who can be allowed to touch a dead body. 
Now, this is usually like in a funeral or if you have to carry the body to the grave, so on and so forth. There are certain regulations to that, it seems. And the high priest has very specific um, marriage guidelines that really we all should in some degree. But that is what he was subjected to. Then you come to chapter 23, which is about the festivals. Now, we've covered in great length, we've covered the Sabbath, so we're not going to go there, but the Passover was going to be an annual thing, right? And then he did the festival of the first fruits, right? The first fruits of the harvest were to be offered to the Lord. And then you have the festival of weeks, also known as Pentecost. This won't serve to be as significant to us as Christians until the New Testament times when the Holy Spirit falls upon man, but um, this was still something that was in the festival calendar for the Israelites of their day. And if you noticed that some of these are a week-long event, a week-long party. That's just that's just amazing to even think about how how that worked and how you plan something like that. It must have been a lot of work, but just to have a non-stop party for a whole week that's pretty cool. Then you have the trumpets. That's when you uh, announce a holy rest with a trumpet, and there should be no work done except to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Then you have the Day of Atonement, which we'll also see is going to kickstart the Jubilee on the 50th year, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a bit. And then we have the Feast of Booths, which you'll see the Feast of Booths happen a lot in the New Testament when Jesus is walking the earth. So to, as to remind the people of Israel of their origins, when they leave the land of Egypt, they wandered the desert for 40 years. It will remind the future generations of what it was like for their ancestors to be sojourners in a land that was not theirs until they arrived at the promised holy place. So those are the feasts that were announced and the festivals that the Lord had designated for them. Now, we've talked about this one, but it's, it bears worth repeating. And I believe in my heart that this is still very much the case when it comes to using the Lord's name in an unworthy manner. Like it says, If anyone curses his God, that he will bear his sin. Moreover, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. Now, we may not take it that seriously today, and there are so many people that just use the name of God so flippantly and so casually, like it's a flavor enhancer for a sentence, so to speak, or it's a proper exclamation of frustration. But that should not be how we use the name of Jesus, nor shall we use the name of our God. It's terrible how loosely this is used. And that's why I personally feel that a lot of people who do this are going to be cursed forever by not being redeemed. 
not only that, but the Lord hates when his name is misused because it is the highest name of all names. And to just blaspheme and curse that name is worthy of death. Now, the death he's talking about is a spiritual death. Whereas, you know, a physical death should be necessary as well, simply because um, God is for the death penalty, as you see here. They killed this man that profaned the name of the Lord. They stoned him to death outside the camp. And the same thing with, you know, how to repay somebody. If somebody kills somebody else, they shall surely be put to death. That's a death penalty. And personally, I support the death penalty. Because God's standards are my standards. I don't like seeing people killed, of course. But if you're going to have it such darkness in your heart where you think you can rob somebody of their life, then God's judgment be upon you. And judgment it is. And then lastly, we have the Sabbath year. We have the Jubilee year. This one is a very interesting thing. So on the 50th year was a year of Jubilee which there's supposed to be no sowing or reaping. All the land is going to return to its original owners. All debts are canceled. All the slaves go back to their families. They're released from their service. You know, it's all very interesting. And we have never done anything like that outside of Israel, as far as I know. But, I mean, just the thought of how it says here God provides for his people, that on the seventh year you're supposed to let the land rest. You don't harvest, you don't grow crops for a whole year. Why do we think that is? Maybe there's something to do with that, with the fertility of the land, right? Same reason why you know, sow the corners of their fields. It's also a means to not only provide for others, but also it, it protects the land from harsh winds and it protects it from losing nutrients in the soil. So it has a practical purpose too. And it seems that that may be the case here is that the whatever grows and then dies becomes compost. And that compost is what fertilizes the soil for the years to come. And what I really like about that is God even answered the question that would be on people's heart. He's like, well, what are we going to eat for that year that we can't grow anything or we can't sow anything? He says, I will order my blessing for you on the sixth year that it will bring forth a crop triple. It'll be three years worth of food in one crop. That's a lot of food. And imagine if the world obeyed this. Wouldn't you agree that perhaps this would end world hunger if we simply obeyed God? Because obviously God knows what he's doing. And he doesn't say this because it's a waste of time. Nothing he says is a waste of time. There is a purpose for why he says these things, and that is... Imagine the bounty that we could have if we stopped being so selfish with our land, 
and focusing on capital and gain, you know, financial gain and all that. If we just simply followed God's command and allowed the land to rest and he would bless us so much with that. I really think if we went back to this, that we wouldn't have a lot of the problems that we have. Because God, at times, especially in a sinful land like America right now, God will cause our crops to fail as a form of punishment for our sins. Sometimes he'll do that. And so part of this is, you know, being obedient to him, and he will bless that. And surely we should do that. Now, try to convince the whole nation to do that. That's a whole different story, but perhaps that's something we can apply to ourselves if we have our own uh, growing system at home or you know, on a farm or on a ranch somewhere. And then I like also that you're supposed to treat your countrymen with preference over a stranger. I mean, it's kind of like as Christians, it says that we are supposed to give preference to each other and show honor and respect for each other as believers more than the unregenerated person. Surely we should love our neighbor as ourselves no matter what, but we should certainly go out of our way to help our own brethren, so to speak. So we should not alienate our own brethren. And that's pretty much it for today. Um, we only have two more chapters of Leviticus, and then we're going into the book of Numbers, which we will do tomorrow. So we're about to enter into a new book. Congratulations. The book of Leviticus is long believed to be one of the hardest books to get through. And if you're listening to this, you made it. Well done. Well done. Do you see how much there was here to learn? Some of it may have been tedious, but it was all very good stuff. I learned a lot reading this, as I do every time I pick up the Bible. So I hope we feel that way as well. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless.